Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins? Merry Christmas. Welcome into the Thursday, July the 26th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it is day one of the brand new year. Training camp has begun, and we are kicking off season two of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, breaking down all the big news from camp the press conferences, and everything you guys need to know from the first day of football season. But first, I kindly invite each and every one of you, if you have not done so already, to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. As you guys know, that's how the podcast is judged by now. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. And of course, check out LockedOnDolphins.com. We'll have written content up on the website for you guys every day throughout camp, getting you guys caught up on everything you need to know about the Miami Dolphins 2018 training camp. And of course, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's get to some news real quick here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. So it's been a while since I've talked to you guys here live on the show as I'm coming to you live right now from Disneyland. So let's go ahead and get caught up on some of the stuff that Kevin Dern and I couldn't get to on last week's shows. And the first note is a somber one. And we have to talk about it because Tony Sperano was such an influential man in the organization. And you can really see the impact that he had on the players that he used to coach more so than anything he did as a record or within the Miami Dolphins organization. His impact on the players and on the game was so greatly affected that He's just such a good man in that respect, and it just shows you how precious life can be, and it's, it's too bad that it had to happen this way, and he's just gone too soon. Tony Sperano, dead at age 56. And it's tough to transition out of anything else from that topic, but let's go ahead and get back into the positive stuff and more light stuff on the podcast here, talking about the day before camp. All the, all the Dolphins players reported to camp on Wednesday the 25th, And on the eve of the 25th, Ryan Tannehill, who's not really known for his bravado or being a guy that's really out there in the public eye, posted a hype video of himself throwing to receivers in the offseason with the background music being Jay-Z, Welcome Back, or I Am Back. I I don't know. You guys are going to roast me for this, but I'm not a rap fan. I'm not sure what song it was. Something about how he is back and better than ever. And it showed him throwing routes to receivers on the team, basically telling Jarvis Landry that, yeah, dude, you lied. You're wrong. I've been doing this all offseason, every offseason. And I just get the idea that Ryan Tannehill is probably beyond exciting. You, you, You take up what our excitement is as fans for this team going into the year and Ryan Tannehill coming back after a 20-month layoff or whatever it's been. Take all of that bottled up and multiply it by a million because Ryan Tannehill wants to be out there so bad. I bet he slept in his cleats last night like we did when we played Little League football back in the day. Other news, Mike McCray, the linebacker from Michigan, the undrafted free agent, retires from football on the eve of camp. He had a lot of injuries in his career at Michigan, a long career at Michigan. I thought he had a chance to make the roster as a kind of B-gap to B-gap run-stuffing, plugging type of linebacker, but he decided to call it a career. He's out. Probably opens up the door more for guys like Chase Allen to retain his job or for other guys, the younger guys, to step forward and try to take the job themselves. So that's the news for the day on the podcast. I've been at Disneyland all week. We were actually at the park yesterday, and we started off, and if you get there an hour early, staying at the Disneyland Hotel, because I'm with my brother's company, and we get to go in an hour early with the hotel, 
you get to go in and ride the rides before everyone else gets in there. So we thought, let's go to the roller coaster at California Adventure. The It's in the Incredibles roller coaster now. It used to be called California Screaming, I do believe. And we both took that ride. It was intense. It's Your head bobs around. And I felt sick all day because of that, up until lunch, at least till I ate food. And I actually threw up a little bit afterwards. So that was a rough start to the day. And then we get to the Disneyland Park in the evening. And my nephew, my three-year-old nephew, has a complete meltdown. So Disneyland, the happiest place on earth, is the place of three-year-old meltdowns and throwing up on roller coasters. But luckily, the night was saved when the future Mrs. Wingfield and myself got about two hours together in the park alone. I've been on half babysit duty all week, so it was nice to get some time with her. But there's just something really, and this might not be the right word for it, but magical, I guess, is the cliche word for being in the park late at night. Plus, the crowds are unbelievably huge during the daytime. So it was nice to get a break from that. You can actually walk around and not bump into people. You can get in lines and take a half an hour, hour, two hours to get to the ride. It was just really awesome. I'm telling you guys, Disneyland, it kind of sucks, but Splash Mountain saved the night at the end of the night. We got absolutely soaked on the ride which was, I guess, to be expected. But nonetheless, a good night, a fun time here at Disneyland. So I'm here for the rest of the week. We'll do the podcast again tomorrow for you guys around the same time, right around noon, 1 o'clock on the East Coast for you and get you the updates from practice and enough about my personal news here from Disneyland. You guys came here for some training camp updates. But just before we do that, a word from our friends over at Nordic Track. And one of the things they told us to talk about was personal news with our personal story with Nordic Track devices. And one of the things I can tell you guys is that having a home gym would just be a life changer if I actually did have one. Being able to work out at the facility here, which is actually pretty nice, it's so nice to just be able to walk to the gym, come back to your room, shower up, and get going. So you can do the same thing with a Nordic Track. We all have busy schedules. Finding time to get to the gym, finding a personal trainer, all that stuff is so difficult and so time-consuming that if you just had your own gym, things would be much easier and much more streamlined. Nordic Track has a series of training equipment to give you amazing workouts in the convenience of your own home, including treadmills, exercise bike, incline trainers, and strength trainers. You can enjoy high-energy, streamed workouts any time of the day without stepping out of the door. Join stream workouts in both studios and exotic destinations around the world. Start your day with a run through the streets of Paris and end with cross-training on the shores of Thailand or work out on the African safari. It's up to you. Workouts are led by the world's top personal trainers to ensure you meet your fitness goals. For a limited time only, special offer to Locked On listeners. Get $75 off your Nordic Track purchase by visiting nordictrack.com and use the offer code Locked On during checkout to save $75 off your purchase. Again, that's nordictrack.com, N O R D I C T R A C K.com slash locked on and use the offer code Locked On during checkout to save $75. We have more to get to on the podcast, guys. We'll do that next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. It's at Wingful NFL at Locked On Fins. Okay, and the segment everyone's been waiting for, talking about training camp. We have a piece up right now live on LockedOnDolphins.com from Jason Harina, getting you caught up on everything from camp today. You can follow him. It's at Miami D Punks, P-U-N-X, plus some photos from my man on Twitter, at Bleed Aqua and Orange. He gave me a few notes with some videos and some pictures, and the notes he told me was that Xavier Howard was locked down in coverage consistently throughout the day. Hopefully he takes that big step forward this year and becomes an elite lockdown corner. Frank Gore looks good which Adam Gaze 
reciprocated that note. He just seems ageless out there. Albert Wilson had an unbelievable one-handed catch over the middle of the field, and the defense was very, very active on the day. I think we can expect a lot more of that going forward, and that Brock Osweiler sucks on ice. But the best news of the day is that nobody starts the season on PUP or NFI. Knock on wood for that one. Leonte Carew and Jordan Lucas are back. They both have to have great camps to make this roster. The players arrived at camp yesterday on the 25th, Wednesday, and there were two things that I noticed from the social media team, I suppose, that stood out to me. The first was obviously Ryan Tannehill got videotaped walking into the building and somebody asked him, are you ready to go? And he said, hell yeah. So you can tell he's just pumped up, ready to be there. Sounds like he's in position to have a great year this year. And Jordan Phillips was in terrific shape, lost a bunch of weight, looks slender, looks mean, looks lean, probably going to get himself a big contract next year. We'll see if that happens in Miami or elsewhere. But the team took the field today and the news all revolved around quarterback Ryan Tannehill. He is wearing a knee brace that says Tannehill 2.0. So he gave us a nickname to call him and also gives us an indication of where he is at with his mindset, just ready to go, ready to move on and get his career back on track again. According to the reports, he looks sharp in practice, but we do have to remember that these things are to be taken with a grain of salt. Both the beat writers, we've heard Omar Kelly just spew his nonsense for a lot of years. A lot of fans that go there. My buddy Kevin from Cincinnati, Kevin Dern, you guys know from the podcast the last several days, said that when he goes to the Bengals camps, it's mostly the fanatic fans that paint themselves up like the Tigers and maybe can't afford to go to the games, so they go to the training camp and don't really know what they're seeing, so there's not really a whole great point in listening to the reports. So you got to take that with a grain of salt. A lot of people that aren't really scouts giving out reports on that type of stuff. So I wish I could get down there for you guys to help you with more information in regards to practice, but I'm not. So all this stuff is a grain of salt, but nonetheless, Ryan Tannehill looked good today. Apparently he and Danny Amendola have developed a real chemistry and you're going to hear that connection a ton this year. And we'll talk more about Ryan Tannehill in the PC portion of the podcast the presser portion of the podcast where we listen to Adam Gaze talk to the media and give our thoughts about that. And one of the things you always look for is the team has to put out a first and second team offense and defense. You check out who is on the field for that portion. And it's really nothing out of the ordinary from what we would expect this team to put out there. I suppose the one big news piece of news was that Tankersley started opposite Xavier Howard. So it sounds like the team is going in that direction, but they are encouraged by what Tony Lippett was able to do. I'm still not all the way in on Tony Lippett, but it sounds like he's getting back, and those ball skills could certainly come in handy down the stretch, especially in the four wide sets when we trot out extra defensive backs on passing downs. The other big news from the actual practice, and remember that today is non-padded practice. The tops go on Saturday, the helmets and the or the shoulder pads go on Saturday, and then on Sunday and Monday is when full pads come on. But the big news was that Brock Osweiler was absolutely awful. It is David Fales' job, and I think that's basically a given for now. Jason Sanders, the kicker, the rookie kicker, seventh-round draft pick, went six for six and made a 52-yarder, so that's nice to see that. Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ McDonald were rotating in at safety. They obviously want to give these veterans a fair shake and just give them the encouragement that they're going to have a chance to get a job, but we know how that's going to play out in the end. Raekwon McMillan, however, a different beast, and I'm not really sure they view him as a rookie because technically he's not, but also because Adam Gaze, there's a report today saying that he's always telling Chris Greer that you got this one right. This is a great pick. The way he's willing to tell guys what to do and how important football is to him. The starting offensive line, as you would expect, Tunzel, Sitton, Kilgore, Davis, and Jawan James. The top two tight ends were Mar- Marquise Gray and A.J. Derby. The defensive line was exactly what you'd expect. Robert Quinn, Devon Godshaw, Akeem Spence, Cameron Wake, and then you go to Charles Harris, Jordan Phillips, 
Vincent Taylor and William Hayes. And speaking of Devon Gotcha, a little bit off topic here, there was a those tweets going around talking about who is the under the radar player, who is the comeback kid on your team, all those those fun things to talk about pre-camp. I think it was Brandon Thompson, a scouting academy graduate on Twitter, talking about the best offensive line or using that moniker or that template for offensive line and defensive line play. That's what he scouts. And he put that on his under-the-radar player to watch could be Devon Godshaw on the defensive line. That gives me a lot of encouragement because that's a player that, from the word go, was very good last year. Very good player, very consistent against the run, something the Dolphins are going to have to have from him this year, and he always plays that low pad level. So fun to see that, exciting to see the guys back onto the field today. There really isn't a ton to report on in terms of who looked like what because it's not padded. Again, the beat writers are what they are. But we've got press conferences to get to next. We'll talk about Adam Gaze and what he said on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. Moving into segment three on the podcast here, and I want to apologize to you guys first for the fact that I feel like I kind of suck today on the podcast. Taking a week off is makes me rusty, I suppose, trying to speak to myself about the Miami Dolphins on here, but also just the atmosphere that I'm in. I don't have my dual screens. It's very hard to click back and forth between my script, between my recording device, all that stuff, but we're going to try our best. And also... I expected to have a lot of press conferences up by now, but it is currently 9.45 a.m. out here on the West Coast, and I've only seen Adam Gaze talk to the media. Luckily, I took notes on all of that. So we're going to just pour through Adam Gaze and talking about the things that he said to the media and what the questions were that they asked him. The first thing they talked about, obviously, was Ryan Tannehill and how much of what his game is or what would be the most important thing for him going into this year. And Adam Gaze mentioned that the experience will be a big factor for him, that he's consistently learning things. Every rep that he takes, he takes something from that rep and applies it to a future rep. And he really is encouraged by Tannehill's ability to grow even at age 30. He's able to develop chemistry with the wide receivers with what they've done this summer. And he emphasized that, talking about obviously Jarvis Landry's comments about him not working out. Ryan Tannehill's hype video showing that he did work out all summer long with these wide receivers. Asked about the knee, not even one bit concerned about it. It's just like the old, like it never happened before. And Ryan Tannehill intimated the exact same thing too. So the knee, obviously no longer a concern for these guys, or at least we hope going forward. The expectations is that he's going to come back and be the man. That's what they get paid to do. He knows the job description and everybody in the building expects that to happen with Ryan Tannehill. Omar Kelly asked Adam Gaze about the starters on day one and how much it means. And Adam Gaze said, I would take your time with that one because we essentially picked up where we left off in the spring and went forward with those guys. But we're going to move things around at every position to get guys to have experience with Ryan because there are so many moving parts in this offense and guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to get banged up and there's going to be a lot of guys they rely upon to play significant reps. And it's important to get all of those guys reps with Ryan Tannehill. Talking about Danny Amendola said he looks like the exact same guy we had to play against twice a year, which obviously something was something that Adam Gase did not like having to do. Talked about all the older players they brought in, how they don't look any different than what they thought they were getting when they first brought them in. Obviously, Robert Quinn, Frank Gore, Danny Amendola. Somebody asked about Ryan Tannehill not being out there, and he said, well, obviously we're better when he's out there. There is a big drop-off after him. But they said, can he win? Can you guys win a game when Ryan Tannehill is not playing well? And Adam Gates just said yes and left it at that. And then somebody asked a question about the fact that nobody was on PUP or NFI. And, and Adam Gaze referred to the fact that the guys are doing a great job using all of their resources and just being in great shape from OTAs. But 
those guys came back in the same shape because they didn't want to risk getting out of shape because of one, the competition is tough. And two, they knew they were going to face their strength and conditioning coach who will definitely put them in a position where they're going to wish they were in shape. Moving on to the cornerbacks, my man at Bleed Aqua and Orange said that uh, Cordray Tankersley outshined Tony Lippett, but they asked about Lippett coming back from the injury. Gay said he may have been a little bit slower in the OTAs trying to work through some pain through some of the swelling, but it looks like he's trending towards where he was in 2016. Had some flashes back in the spring, but thinks he was holding back a little bit back then. But today he looked good, and it's good to see him making plays on the ball. He had a couple of, I think he had one pick off Brock Osweiler. Uh, they asked him about the anthem stuff, and just like me, seemed like Adam Gaze didn't want any part of talking about it. Takes about 5,000 things for a team to suspend a player, was what Adam Gaze said. It takes 5,000 things for a player to actually get suspended by his team. So good luck suspending a player with no real rule in place, because he sounded pretty ambivalent about what the actual rule is in the way many of us feel about the catch rule and how it was so undefined the last couple of years. Talked about the pads going on Saturday. Again, the shoulder pads, helmets on on Saturday, Sunday, or Mondays when the full pads will go on and things really pick up in those padded practices. You'll see guys that want to be aggressive, guys that might shy back away. And unless you're a rookie, they've seen most of these guys in pads, but for the rookies, they just want to see if some of the stuff they saw on tape is real and translates into the practices and into the NFL. Again, nobody on PUP, a testament to the resources they have and guys being proactive to keep themselves ready to stay in shape and just be on track with everything that's required of an NFL player. And the best comment I thought of the entire thing was somebody asked him about all this media talking about the Dolphins being you know, a bad team this year, which is kind of the expectation in the national media and how everyone thinks they're going to be great this time of year. And Gaze reflected upon that saying, you know, no one really cares what you haven't done in the past 15 years. No one really cares about what you are in terms of perception. Everybody is 0-0 right now, and nobody knows who anyone in the league is going to be. And that's why there are surprise teams every year playing into January that no one anticipated. And that'll about do it for today's podcast, but I should have more for you guys tomorrow talking about press conferences, more practice updates and all that stuff. And of course, back to the regularly scheduled programming throughout the course of the next couple of weeks. I'll be doing the training camp stuff at about this time of day, around noonish, one o'clock, have the podcast released for you guys, getting you caught up to date on all the practice news, all the press conferences, and hopefully there's more tomorrow with the quarterback and some other players talking to the media. But as for today's podcast, that is going to do it for us. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts leave us a rating leave us a review and check out the other locked on sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams give me a follow on twitter it's at lethal nfl the show is at locked on fins and keep up to date on our daily dolphins blog at lockedondolphins.com. you guys have a great rest of your thursday we'll see you tomorrow for another training camp edition of the locked on dolphins podcast your daily dose for miami dolphins football <laughs>